0: Culture wins you games. Culture wins you games. Having great team chemistry wins you games. And it goes back to that statement I made earlier, how you do something is how you do everything. I have yet to meet a great football player or a great football team that is super undisciplined off the field or doesn't have a heart to serve other people. Um, There is a set of core values that we will live by and those core values, commitment, relentlessness, unselfishness, toughness, and integrity. Those five core values will be known here at UTEP as code blue, and that's something we will live by. That is what makes a great team. Culture and discipline will be the separating factors in that what you do in the dark shines in the light. You know, when that when those spotlights go on in the Sun Bowl, that reveals all the hard work we've done in the dark. And so we've got to pay a price behind the scenes, come together as a team and as a family. And actually, I can look, I could talk offense with you all day. I, I could talk defense with you all day. Uh, we're going to be aggressive on both sides of the ball. That's great. And we're going to have a brand that you're going to love watching. You know, it's not just teaching that post route, teaching that blitz. It's how you teach it and who's doing it and the timing of it, the belief in it, right? It, it's, it's all about believing in each other and having that team culture. Um, and that, to me, is the separating X factor in winning football games and creating a winning football team.
1: Obviously, that was Scotty Walden, the new head football coach at UTEP, in his first press conference there. So first, we want to congratulate Scotty on being the new head coach at UTEP. He's the second youngest coach in the FBS, and being the youngest is nothing new to him. In 2016, at 26, as the head coach of East Texas Baptist, he was the youngest head coach in college football. He was briefly the interim head coach at Southern Miss in 2020, making him the youngest FBS coach at that time, and he was the youngest head coach at Austin Peay University when they hired him in 2020. So though he is still one of the youngest, he has gotten some great experience, and he couples that with unbridled enthusiasm. It was exciting to watch him get the crowd going in the gym, running back and forth, and getting them cheering in his first introduction to the community at UTEP. We've been fortunate to talk with Scotty since the beginning of the podcast, he joined us this summer prior to the season to take part in our season series and give insight on all the different phases of the season, and we've put all of those together in this episode. If you didn't know about Scotty Weldon before, I think he's someone you will hear about often as he continues to rise in the profession. He's one of the most authentic, genuine people you will meet, a true servant leader, and I'm sure success will follow him wherever he goes because of that. So here's our season episode segments with Scotty Walden, head coach of the University of Texas, El Paso. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's vertical raise. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. If you've seen Coach Walden present or coach, he embodies the word energy. And in this segment, he talks about drills he calls for the brand, which helps them get things going, get a positive energy and flow in practice in camp and all the way into the season.
2: Yeah, I think it starts with a drill we've been doing for a long time. We've just kind of renamed it, but it starts every practice for us. We even do it in the season, but fall camp we tend to get more matchups just to set that tone. But well, we call it FTB. That stands for the brand drill. And so our brand of football at Austin Peay State University is fearless, fast, and physical. And, and so that provides a visual for everybody to know what our brand of football should look like when you watch us play. But we have to live that every day and so this drill makes us adhere to that brand and so basically I, I love it because it, it uh it's a starter to practice it gets guys fired up it gets the team fired up and uh the coaches create the matchups and so we put the best versus the best so it'll be an offense versus defense thing if there's two really good you know dbs we'll put those guys against each other but basically the drill and the, and the thing I love about it too is a very diverse drill because you can mix up a, a myriad of drills I would say our base ones so for day one, right, we go out there. We're going to be fearless. So we have to come up with a drill that, you know, puts our guys in a situation to where we're trying to make them nervous. We're trying to get a bunch of noise around them, and they got to be fearless in that moment. So very simply, the, the most simplest version is we'll do. We'll start out that practice with a one-on-one. It's it's just hey, one-on-one receiver versus DB, linebacker versus running back, O line versus D line. But it's in front of the whole team, a ton of ton of noise around it. You know, we're trying to distract guys. It's O versus D, and there's one winner, one loser. And then we even get it to the kickers later on and then we'll put them on the spot, game winning field goal, you know, just and nobody knows who's getting called out. That's the part too where they've got to really just answer the call and compete in front of their teammates. When we do fast, that that is, you know, the most easiest example I could give you is is, you know, we do pro agility, L drill, we'll do something where we put the fastest guys against each other, but also we've done different team events like where we will have an egg crate on about ten yards away and we will ask those two players competing to get all 10 tennis balls that are in that egg crate to another egg crate at their starting point. And so they're having to play fast but think fast at the same time. So, you know, we have, again, these drills are very versatile. We come up with something we feel like is conducive to the brand. We'll do that. And then the last one, physical. You know, uh, that's that's going to be uh, a lot of times we like to go inside drill, you know, right there, just put the ball down, go right to inside drill, and it's going to be, you know, one of the most physical – we're gonna run about three plays in that. We're not. This is a very low rep period, but it is gonna be the three most intense reps of the day to emphasize the physicality that we need to play with. And then the thing I love doing right after FTB drill, we go right into a team period. We don't go into indie anything. We go we go from something extremely intense individually to the whole team riding that wave of momentum into a a team structure. And so uh, that's been really good for us to set the tone for fall camp as we get going.
1: Now, is that something you carry some of those things over throughout the season? Yep, we actually do that Tuesday and Wednesday during the
2: season as well. We set the tone. Fall camp, we set the tone because we'll do a lot more matchups in the season. I'll just go like on Tuesday, I'll go fearless and fast. And I'll just do like one matchup each and we're rolling. It's like boom, 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 to the point. Put put them, you know, that's where you can start to get those developmental guys involved, freshman guys you haven't seen involved a little more and then Wednesday we'll do a physical one and then we'll move on. Those are pretty quick, but they do set the tone for practice
1: during the season as well. In this next segment, we're talking about the first week of the season, getting ready to kick the ball off for the first time. And Coach Walton talks about how he revisits everything with the culture as well as puts together a dress rehearsal for his team so they know exactly what they're going to do and all the things that are expected of them on game day.
2: Yeah, I would say going back and revisiting the goals and the standards that you established during fall camp, we revisit those. And so we'll have a team meeting where, you know, we talk about kind of revisit all five phases of our program, which span all the way from winter conditioning to boot camp to spring ball, to the summer, and now we're in the season and kind of just wrapping up where we've been and where we're going. I like in fall camp to be able to lay out the vision and lay out the culture and the expectations of where our program is and where we're going and then as we approach that first week of the season we will revisit that and reiterate that and that's through different mediums you know through video now that you have ammo using different cutups to reinforce this is what we're trying to achieve here this is what the focus is for us going into the season this is a great example of it here in our red zone period or whatever that period was and then You know, we do something that I think really sets the tone from a football IQ standpoint. We do two scrimmages during fall camp. Our third one is this one. It's the week before game week. And it's not really a scrimmage. We are in full pads, but there's no full live tackle. But it is a mock game. And that is where we will literally script out every instance in the game of football. We put our guys in those scenarios before they're ever in those scenarios. We do it all the way from the pregame meal, everything. Like We actually, we, we will kick that day off. So whatever time our first game is, we will go through what we would normally do at the hotel, and we will go through that whole experience. And then the kickoff is ex- for that mock game is, is exactly what time the kickoff is going to be a week from that day. And we will go through every scenario, red zone, third downs, taking a safety. An, an instance will come up where we have to take a safety. Sudden change moments. Their punt returner muffing a punt penalties, you know, everything is scripted. You know, that's kind of the unique thing about it. It's almost like plays out like a movie almost, but it takes our players through every scenario. Now they don't know when it's coming. And I think it just really sets the tone and gets those guys alerted to all the scenarios they're going to face throughout the game of football and that they could potentially face uh, week one. So that's a big thing we do from a football IQ standpoint.
1: Now with that, are you also repping things like the halftime and how that's going to work? both on the road, whatever it might be, are you also working sideline adjustments and where guys go to after they come off the field, you know, all the other things that come up for the first time in week one?
2: That's exactly right, Keith. We won't actually go in for halftime, but we will, during the halftime moment, I will talk to the team and tell them, hey, this is what we would do, how that procedure would go. And then on the sideline, yes, this is where you sit from game one to game whenever. This is where the O-line goes, this is where the offense goes, the defense goes, here's the bunker, for a weekend for special teams. And then we obviously get time now to bring the offense over the defense over and make adjustments. You know, I know that we're not playing anybody, but we, you know, get on the whiteboard and show, you know, show them some adjustments we'll make, things like that. And then you're also repping what you're anticipating running against that first opponent. So you're stealing reps at the early stages of the game plan for that opponent as well.
1: With that, usually your support staff's always with you at practice anyway. So they get some, Reps at it too, but I, I see this as something highly beneficial at the high school level, where most high schools you might you might get a half where you could practice it, but you don't get that full game day. Here's how we do things. Yeah, and with that, you know, especially your support staff who maybe hasn't done that before with you or hasn't done with this group of guys as far as like you're injured. Here's where you're going. Here's the procedure. Here's how we're going to communicate between the coaches. I mean, it, it's an opportunity really to to work out all these things. So you don't have chaos on under the lights week one. Exactly. And and
2: I always tell our guys, I always tell the GAs QC before we do this, this is the GA quality control Super Bowl. <laughs> you have to be and support staff Super Bowl because you have to be the most organized with really, it because we're literally dividing our team into two teams. So we, literally, we will put the other team on the opposite sideline in a jersey. If we have the color that matches what they would wear, we would do that budget constraints, stuff like that. We don't have that luxury, but we will put them in a jersey different than the jersey that's going to be what we are wearing on our sideline. And so all of our full-time coaches are on our sideline working that and our G's and QC's and our support staff are the other team's coaching staff. And so they are literally on the sideline on their own organizing. But and it's also, selfishly for me, it's also a great evaluation as a head coach to, okay, who can control a sideline as a young coach and who can control a position group as a young coach, who can lead a group of college football players as a young coach. And that always is something I'm evaluating as you look to promote from within in your program. And so invaluable, it's chaos. It is very stressful mentally more than it is probably physically, especially, you know, for the support staff and the QCGA, but it is something that is very conducive to the game and it, it leads uh, to elite preparation for us.
1: Next, we talk with head coach at Austin P University, Scotty Walden. He talked with us about competitive drills he uses throughout the year called FTB, or For the Brand. Today, he shares how he progresses FTB as the season moves on and how FTB continues to provide his team the juice they need to have focused practices that lead to better performance on game day.
2: You know, kind of going back, we, we continue that FTB drill during, you know, week to week, But we may switch up, you know, what the drill is. That always sets the tone for practice, man. I'm just a big believer in, you know, setting the tone for practice that, uh, you know, like on Tuesdays for us, we call that blue-collar Tuesday, and Wednesday is situational Wednesday. And so, but what we do, you know, for those drills, like, you know, setting up, we might do, like, for instance, on, you know, the FTB fearless drill, right, where we're doing one-on-ones. Well, we may, on a situational day, you know, have a red zone one-on-one, you know, as opposed to doing a one-on-one in the open field. And so, you know, in addition to that, you know, anything that we do starts getting geared towards situations. So something that, you know, we struggled with the week before, after that FTB drill, when we we always do a team period after FTB, that, that's what I like to think of in my mind as a team emphasis drill. So that team emphasis might be last week we struggled with blitz. Well, we're going to do a team blitz period at that point. You know, last week we struggled to stop the run. That's going to be a team run period at that point. Uh, Last week, we struggled with scoring in the red zone. Well, we're going to steal an extra red zone period. So I always like to reserve that team period for an emphasis. And, you know, I'm a little different in this. I'm a big good-on-good guy. You know, I know some guys like to go ones versus twos during the season. And we will do that at times, don't get me wrong. But if if you cut me open, I'm probably much more good-on-good. And I like to do that early in practice, right after FTB, because it sets the tone and I'm not looking for schematics, you know, like I'm not looking for us to, you know, scheme each other. I'm looking for the effort and the speed of the game to make sure we're staying fresh and playing fast. And this is not something where we rep our starters, you know, 10, 12 plays, you know, it's usually between a, you know, a five to, to six play deal, but it's going to be gear specific to something we have to get better at. And it's going to be good on good. So we are still getting speed of the game. Cause at that point, those guys got so many reps under their belt. You know, I just want to make sure they stay fresh and stay fast and uh, just getting that quick boom, five- to six-play rack, you know, I think really does does a, a, a great job for them keeping up with speed of the game on a Tuesday, Wednesday, because the rest of the day, not that they're not going to practice fast, but they're going to be installing the game plan, you know, working with the developmental squad, and you're not getting as many full-speed looks as you would get against the number-one offense or the number-one defense. So I would say varying up those FTB drills and then uh, making sure we're, you know, we, we get some good on good work you know, right after FTB.
1: I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision making at the speed of the game. TeamMofo.com/slash demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. In this next segment, during the season focused on self-scout, Coach Walden emphasizes the importance of self-scouting and understanding one's own weaknesses before trying to exploit the opponent's weaknesses. He believes that focusing on little alignment and formation details can give away tendencies and tips to the defense, so it's crucial to vary things up and keep the opponent guessing. Coach Walden believes in the late season, it's more about making subtle changes and adjustments rather than completely reinventing the playbook.
2: The number one thing that we do late in the year, and we all know these are critical district and conference games, and we've
1: been fortunate.
2: I believe we've lost, I think since we've been here too, I have to go back and look. I think two games in November and one of those is Alabama. Those guys are kind of good. So yeah, not, to, not, not to make an excuse, but those, those guys are pretty good, but we do a great job. I think it's one of our strengths of self-scouting. And so it's, yes, obviously I know the, the question is more toward how do you exploit your opponent, but I think the first thing you have to do is look at yourself. And that has been something that we've done a really good job of in October and November, November, especially of making sure and it's you know that we self scout ourselves, and what I'm talking about there is, is not so much the big things. I'm really looking at the little things. Where you know when we run our number one run play, where is the back set? Where is the tight end set? What's the number one formation that we utilize it out of? Because obviously that's what the defense is looking at. That's what he. That's what that D coordinator is looking at. Okay, when the back is set weak, you know it is 78% going to be run across the formation, you know, when the tight end set here, all that stuff. You know, I mean, guys getting tips from the yo, from the tight end. You know, where's the – I think people get your tight end a lot of times, and and he tells you a lot of things about your offense. Same thing on defense. When we're in two one techniques as opposed to traditional a one technique and a three, is that a telltale that we're doing something? So just little alignment things. Always looking at where we're very, very in tune to our stances receiver-wise. If we're too far off the ball, or if our front knee is flexed—excuse me, not flexed, but straight—and it's not flexed, all of a sudden is that a, is that a is that a tip on we're motioning? When number two's on the ball, number one's off the ball. What are we doing when that happens? Are we do we have enough variety when that happens? I mean, all of these things is what we're, you know we get our QCs to do, and we look at it as a coaching staff, and then we adjust accordingly because we know the defense is looking at it. So I think because at that point in the season, I believe they know what we're doing, we know what they're doing now how do we put the pixie dust on it and how do we mix up enough flavor in the soda can so to speak to make them hey I don't have a beat on what they're doing you know there's too many flavors of what they're doing and you know we need to be basic here so they can't get tips on you so I'm more in in late in the season I'm more looking at ourselves and seeing how we can vary things up without confusing our kids than I am just sitting there looking at the opponent because by then I've got a really good feel for what I feel like they do now it's about How do we adjust ourselves off of our self-scout?
1: Yeah, I think it's amazing in sports in general. And it's funny because I tell my son all the time when I'm watching a game, you know, he's amazed that I capture every steal he has on video. But I see his tell, and it's so (laughs) slight. But I just know it. I can read him, and I know, like, all right, here he goes. (laughs) And and that's true in football, too. I mean, especially as a team gets fatigued, you know, this is about that discipline pre-snap. Uh, there's so many things you can gain. It's, it's something I would look for all the time, and there were very few teams where we would leave, you know, our, our scouting reports saying we don't we don't have any indicators for what they're doing here. I mean, we're always looking for indicators, right. and it does take that discipline. And I love the approach, though, that you're looking at yourself as well, and, and what are we giving away? And that's, I mean, you got to yep. be disciplined. That starts in practice.
2: Yes, you do. I mean, for instance, a, a several years back. We got one tidbit from another, and thank goodness, you know, we uh, talked to another team that are willing to tell us, but our tight end was literally, and I didn't even notice it, you know. He's looking pre-snap. He's tilting his head to where he's going every every time before before the ball snaps. So he's just giving those linebackers, hey, I'm splitting across. Hey, I'm saying same side. Hey, I'm blocking out. And we were like, oh, my God. We went back and looked at it. And we're like, they're, they're right. They got us. And so we had to fix that, and that really helped us to not give away our tendencies, but you're right. It takes an enormous amount of discipline in your staff to find it and your players to change it up. But I think little things like – I don't think you're going to reinvent the wheel late in the season and come up with this, oh, my gosh, brand-new scheme, brand-new something that we're going to catch them with. I think it's more those little nuances, those little changes that are going to keep you fresh and they're going to keep people off you, kind of kicking them off the scent, so to speak, that are going to allow you to uh, do what you do best as opposed to putting in a bunch of – new things that, you know, they look good on the board and they may hit in practice, but then you run them in a game and that's not something you do. And I think those things end up hurting you more than they help
1: you. In this next segment focused on the late season, Coach Walden emphasizes the importance of consistency. Andy points out the need to treat every opponent in game with the same level of preparation and energy. He emphasized the value of maintaining a consistent approach without adding unnecessary pressure, focusing on meticulous details and staying true to the process.
2: Yeah, really experienced last year. We had to uh, win the conference title. We had to go in and uh, beat a really good Kennesaw State team late in the year, and we knew what was on the line. And uh, you know, through that experience and through some of my other experiences, the biggest thing I've learned is, you know, hey, do what you do, and 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 treat every opponent in every game the same. And I'm a big believer in that. I don't I don't think that it's, you know, we're not going to get up for this team and get down for this team and change the way we prepare, change the energy. I think consistency is the key because I think once you start tell your guys already know what's on the line. They already know they, they, they're smart. This, the, the world is more connected than ever. They're looking at social media. They're looking at the articles. They're looking at what your SID is putting out. They're looking at what your high school, you know, people are putting out they know what's at stake. They look at the standings probably more than we do. And we don't even realize it, you know, sometimes. So there's no need for me to come in and to reiterate that, beat them over the head, say, Hey, we got to get this right. Cause the championships on the line. I think that adds pressure, the unneeded pressure. You know, there's always, there's pressure every week to win football games and to be at your best. And so I try to not change who I am and not change what we're doing, keep everything consistent. And if anything, that you ramp up you just make sure that you're looking at the smallest finite details and coaching and get lost in the process we have a saying in our program all the time it's process over results that's what that's what it's driven and it's all about our process and then we're going to put our best work forward and hopefully the result is what we're seeking but we gotta we gotta work on our process first we have to be detail oriented and keep our process consistent and that means our schedule consistent that means our team meetings consistent. They don't need a rah rah speech from me or from any you know anybody on our team. This is it, guys. This is all we got. Hey, we worked for this. We trained for this. We are confident in what we are doing, and we believe in what we are doing, and that's why we're going to go win. And I think that that approach, you know, shows that your team has confidence in what they're doing, and they deserve to be where they're at. Obviously, what you've been doing has worked. So don't change who you are at this point in the year, be who you are and get lost in the meticulous details. If there's a six inch step, that's not six inches, coach the heck out of that and get those guys lost in the process. We do it, We do focus points every week for each position, meaning uh, the most minute focus points, I've been doing those for about 10 years now. And I think they're one of the best things that we do. And they're the most minute focal points by position. I make the coaches turn them into me every week. And that, that allows our players and coaches to focus on that focus point you've given them, whether it's a knee over your, your toe in your stance or what, whatever that minute detail is, and it puts the focus on the process instead of Saturday, the championship, the playoff game, Friday night, the playoff game, this. No, get lost in the process of what it's going to take to win that game, which is going to be the most minute details and staying true to, to your process every day.
1: In this next segment, we focused on those late season games and playoff games where there's a lot on the line, and Coach emphasized the importance of being who you are in order to take that pressure off your players.
2: Yeah, really. experiences last year. We had to um, to, to uh, win the conference title. We had to go in and uh, beat a really good Kennesaw State team late in the year, and we knew what was on the line. Um, and, uh, you know, through that experience um, and through some of my other experiences, you um, the biggest thing I've learned is uh, you know, hey, do what you do and 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 treat every opponent and every game the same. And I'm a big believer in that. I don't I don't think that it's you know, we're not gonna get up for this team and get down for this team and change the way we prepare, change the energy. I think consistency is the key because I think once you start, you know, tell your guys already know what's on the line. They already know. They they they're smart. This the the world is more connected than ever. They're looking at social media. They're looking at the articles. They're looking at what your SID's putting out. They're looking at what your high school you know people are putting out. Um, you know they they know what's at stake. They look at the standings probably more than we do, and we don't even realize it. You know sometimes. Um, so there's no need for me to come in and to reiterate that. Beat them over the head. Say hey, we got to get this right because the championship's on the line. I think that adds pressure um unneeded pressure you know there's always there's pressure every week to win football games and to be at your best and so i try to not change who i am and not change what we're doing keep everything consistent and if anything that you ramp up you just make sure that you're looking at the smallest finite details and coaching and get lost in the process Um, you know we talk we have a saying in our program all the time uh it's process over results that's what that's what it's driven. And it's all about our process. And then we're going to put our best foot forward and hopefully the result is what we, uh, you know, what, what we're seeking. But we got to We got to work on our process first. We have to be detail oriented and keep our process consistent. And that means our schedule consistent. That means our team meetings consistent. They don't need a rah-rah speech from me or from any, you know, anybody on our team. This is it, guys. This is all we got. Hey, we've worked for this. We train for this. We are confident in what we are doing and we believe in what we are doing and that's why we're going to go win. And I think that that approach, um, you know, know, shows that your team has confidence in what they're doing and they deserve to be where they're at. Obviously, what you've been doing has worked. So don't change who you are at this point in the year. Be who you are and get lost in the meticulous details. If there's a six-inch step that's not six inches, coach the heck out of that and get those guys lost in the process. We do it, We do focus points every week for each position, meaning uh, the most minute focus points. I've been doing those for about 10 years now, and I think they're one of the best things that we do, and they're the most minute focal points by position. I make the coaches turn them into me every week, and that, that allows our players and coaches to focus on that focus point you've given them, whether it's a knee over your, your toe in your stance or what, whatever that minute detail is. And it puts the focus on the process instead of Saturday, the championship, the playoff game, Friday night, the playoff game, this. No, get lost in the process of what it's going to take to win that game, which is going to be the most minor details and staying true to, to your process every day
1: the end of the season is always a great time to get information from your team, from your players, from your staff about how you can improve and do better that next season. And it's something that coach Walden values. So in this last segment here, he talks to us about his exit interview process and what he takes away from that.
2: Yeah, I'm really big on this Keith. This is really big for me because this is a time where the season is, has just ended and everything's fresh on everybody's mind. And I, I think that, you know, about two weeks after the season, I think it's so critical to get the feedback that you need. And I've I've learned this the hard way. When you come off, you know, you're tired. You're you're about to go in recruiting, and you're kind of like, let me just get away from the season. And and that's great. You know, you need to you need to decompress. But I'll say, while it's fresh on your mind and your coaches' minds and your players' minds, get all the information. You know, s- you know, squeeze that sponge and get all that get all that water out. Get all that that little thoughts out that you possibly can gather so that you can, uh, you know, start to uh, materialize your off season plan. And, uh, the way we do exit interviews, it's, it's one of my favorite things that we do because I I get to get the players, um, you know, inspection of the program. And, uh, I, I actually meet with every single player on our team. Um, and it it is an exhausting process. I am not going to lie. It is a three day, sometimes four day deal. And I am caught up from 8 AM all the way till 5 PM. And, We just take about an hour break for lunch, but I'm going to meet with every single player scholarship and walk on in our program. And I'm going to ask them three questions. Uh, Number one, you know, what do you feel like uh, you need to do better? Um, You know, what do you, what did you learn about yourself? this What do you feel like you need to do better? What are your, what do you need to improve on? Um, And I really want to just want them first to look at themselves before they look at the team dynamic. You know, I think, I need to get better at X, Y, Z as I go into the spring. Um, and then number two, uh, tell me, you know, what do you think we need to do better as a team? Where do you think we struggled? This could be from anything, from preparation to third downs to red zone to team meetings. We don't, we're not riding enough. To uh, travel, we're not locked in enough because we're on our phones too much. What, whatever you think, I want to hear their take on number one. What improvements do you need to make? Number two, what improvements does the do you see the team needs to make? What do we need to do better as a team? And then number three, and this is the this is the hardest one for them, But I and I, and I you have to pry them sometime and let them know that you know. And I think this is part of your relationship with them. Let them know you're in a safe environment to to talk to me about this. But and I and I truly mean it when I ask this question. Um, what can I do better for you as a head coach? And no matter what position you're in, what can you do better as a position coach? and I, and, and I have gotten guys that have given me, you know, super honest answers there. And I do not. And I tell them, this is a safe place. I don't take any of this personal. I want to know because I want to be the best that I can be for you and for this program. So I want to know, you know, and I've had, I've had guys be re, be super real with me in that. And it is, and I, and I take it and I, and I do, I apply it, you know, there's things now, there's certain things that, that I don't, you know, may not think apply, but I'm here, but I'm hearing their voice and I'm hearing their side of it. And I'm like, huh, you know, maybe they got a point on this. And it's so, it's been so good for me. And what I'll do is as they're talking, I'm typing. I, I have, a I have uh, one of my assistants uh, type up everybody name, you know, uh, you know, Scotty Walden. And then here's the three questions. And then I, I it's already set up and I got a laptop and I'm sitting there typing their answers and then what I'll do is I, I develop a spring manual for our coaches. And in the back of that manual, I put what I call a state of the union. And the state of the union is where we're at as a program. And, and it's usually kind of more in a in a in a you know story paragraph format. And I'll just type up my this is just kind of my heart, my thoughts. And then at the end of it, I'll say this is what our players think that we need to do better as a team. And if they mention, you know, their coaches within that, like, hey, our position coaches you know, I felt like this could be better. And then also I'll put things in there that they really liked. You know, it's not always just a negative meeting. You know, the, the the kids will also come around and say, I also really like this coach. You know, and so um anything that they said in there, um, I'll put in that state of the union and then I and I'll literally read it to the staff so they get introspect, you know, to oh, this is what our players are saying. Um and that that has been extremely uh, beneficial. Um, and, and, and again, you're going to get guys and say, oh, coach, you're doing a great job. I don't, I don't see anything. And I, and I ask them, listen, you can tell me, I want to know, do you like the way we travel academics? Do you like the way, and it's okay to say, no, I, I want to know how we can be better because we are not perfect and I'm not a perfect coach and nor do we have a perfect program, but how can we be better? And then those players see the um, effort to be better in that regard that they were talking to you about Um you know, they appreciate that. They respect that. And then what happens is if you start to get, you know, 12 to 15 players that kind of are saying the same thing, that becomes a big red alert in my mind. Oh, this is something we need to address because you're meeting with them one-on-one and now it's something that, you know, Hey, it's multiple sources. We need this needs to get addressed, whether it's a conversation I have to have with a staff member um, or it's a conversation that I need to have uh, to fix the scheduling issue or something like that. Um you know, those things get, get, get addressed. So it's, it's a, it's the inspection of the program and it's, it's one of the most important things we do.
1: I think those segments, which we interspersed throughout the season pull together, really give you a true look at who Scotty Walden is as a coach. I think it's going to be exciting to watch him here at his next stop at the university of Texas, El Paso. And we want to wish the best of luck to him and the Miners in 2024. Be sure to check out our show notes for links to his clinic talks. He did two of those at the clinics that we run. One was on the mesh and shallow cross. The other was on offensive principles and RPO. Some great things in those as well. And We will get his episode from when he was 26 at East Texas Baptist out of the archives and share that here in the near future as well.